Welcome back, Padawans, to the JMR Podcast, Episode 14. I'm your host, Jelani, a.k.a. Jedi Master Ren, and I'm going to take y'all on a trip to a galaxy far, far away. On tonight's journey, we'll be discussing Starfield and Redfall getting delayed, the Summer Games Fest being showed in IMAX, and why Square Enix sold its Western Studios. If you like what I'm doing as I say every week, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It will help get the show to more people and more Padawans so that they can hear the teachings in the Jedi way of Jedi Master Ren. Uh, if you do also like the show, please follow me on Twitter at the JMR Podcast so you can get any updates on the show like we did have last week where I had to take a week off for um, having a new addition to our family um, as well as any um, holograms that you would like to send in so you can be featured on the show. Now, let's jump to hyperspace. Alright guys, so now that we are safely in light speed, I would like to first touch on my personal Jedi trainings that I've been getting into over the last couple of weeks since the last time that we discussed anything. So, um, I have been jumping back into Fortnite. Again, I'm trying to get back to that battle pass. I'm trying to get to the end of it. And I've really been making some headway. I've been doing some of the seasonal challenges that get you a bunch of the XP. Plus, I'm supercharged because I haven't been playing it this whole season. So I am getting up the rank quite quickly. And I, may, I that's what why I've kind of kept with it. Also, I did get all of the characters that I did want from the Star Wars collection that came out. So I've been wanting to play, you know, get back in to use those characters, obviously. That's how they get you in, guys. I'm telling you, that's how they do it. But... I've always told myself, as soon as they get get me some more Star Wars characters, I gotta get them. Because I missed all of the Star Wars characters that came out back then. We already discussed that. But, um, I have been playing that too, only because, you know, that's the one thing. But I also have been in a rut. And I sometimes get like this throughout the year where I look at all of the games on my dashboard. And I really can't figure out what... I want to get into and what I want to play and you know I still need to go back and platinum um Horizon Forbidden West I really want to get back to or uh, get to doing that I haven't even seen um the Golden Gate Bridge unfortunately so I just I I really want to get back to it and I want to get over there but there's other games that I know I have to play like I as soon as Horizon Forbidden West came out I put uh Dying Light 2 down and I need to get back to that. So I actually did touch into Dying Light 2, and which is funny because I just found out today that they're delaying their um, their story DLC, which is fine. But it is funny because I was expecting, I when I was looking at it in the store, I was looking at the deluxe set because it's on sale, I think. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that they were going to do story DLC. I mean, I guess I should have, obviously, because the first one came with a slew of them. But... I just wasn't, you know, I was just more focused on the main game, and obviously I haven't even finished it. So I am uh, diving slowly back into that game. I did play a decent chunk of it, and, I mean, Control's kit came right back. That's how good and how well developed that game was, and to me at least, just because everything just flows and is frenetic. And it's if you've played, you know, um, Mirror's Edge, the games that come before it, that are, you know, it is inspired by with that parkour action this these controls are just they fit right in i mean i did have to go back and look at a few of them like to see some of the combos but those are stuff that are unlocked but just getting around the world right back into it it's it's a bliss and it's just it's fantastic it's a really really fun game so i am excited to get back into that but and that's that's one of the things where i was like you know i don't want to go back and platinum horizon forbidden west yet because i obviously i've been taking a hiatus from Her forbidden west since i beat it so i don't want to go back and platinum it when i know i've got dying light 2 that this game over here already took me away from once. So I got to go back and finish Dying Light 2 at least. The only thing I'll go for the Platinum for it 
I'm not a huge platinum hunter, realistically. I, um, you know, I do like to platinum games sometimes, and I do, like I said, I do want to platinum um, Horizon Forbidden West, and hopefully I can do that this year. I'm really planning on trying to get it done this year, so I'm thinking when I finish Dying Light 2, I might hop back to Horizon Forbidden West and knock that out. I think that's the plan. It just depends on some of the releases, which we will be getting into, because um, I did not say at the top of the show, but we will be getting into at the end my anticipated games for the rest of this year, and then a little bit beyond. Games that we know of that I am excited to see and um, hear more about. So um, we will be touching on some of the games that are coming out this year, but I do think as we'll get into that, there is a little bit of hiatus where I might have some time. But um, I'm touching on those games as well, and the only other game that I tried this week was Trek to Yomi. And, you know, I I really did like Trek to Yomi. I did at the beginning, and I still am... I, I have been enjoying my time with it. It's just some gripes that I have with it. But I, I really enjoy the combat. You know, I'm not a huge side-scroller person. I don't really like side-scrolling games. My wife saw me playing it, and she was like, yeah, it's kind of weird. And I was like, well, what makes it weird? And she said, like, well, I guess it's just the camera angle. Like, why, you know, why is it... Um, you're far away from the combat, so you can't really see what's going on. It's like, ah, I see. And I was like, you know, realistically, I it, I don't like that kind of stuff either. You know, but there are some games that will get me to jump over that hump. And this was one of them, you know, like, and, and I, I've been looking forward to it. It was on my most anticipated list. Um, obviously, it's already come out. So, but it, it is, it was one of the games that I saw. And I'm like, hmm, it seems like they're going even further into, um, you know, trying to be, like these old samurai films with the film grain that's um, that's involved in, you know, the art style that they've chosen. So it was really cool to see that game come out. And that's what really got me, you know, the art style and just the fact that they were diving deep in that aspect of the films is what really wanted me to see what this is about. So I start playing it and, you know, it's, it's, it's a really cool game. I don't like that you have to press a button to turn. That's kind of redundant. I don't understand why... You can't just, you know, when you move backwards, I, I, you know, I get it for combat purposes, I guess, but it is a little jarring and it does kind of mess things up a little bit. So, it, you know, that's why it's kind of like, eh, you know, I wish that we could have just made it more um, fluid, you know, and just kind of you, you move down or you move left on the with your analog and then it just kind of turns you that way if you keep going in that direction, maybe, you know, but they decided that they wanted to go that route and do things that way. So, unfortunately, that's just kind of where it landed. And But all in all, I do like the combat in the game. You know, there are some combos, and you do unlock a lot of combos as you go on. And you also unlock um, more of your health and stamina, which does make combat a lot easier to get through. And I do like the progression of finding that stuff. You do have to look for it, and you have to kind of search for it. And that's really all this game bottles down to. It's combat areas and then exploration areas where you can go off the beaten path and then find, um, you know, certain collectibles and stuff like that. Um, and once you find that stuff the collectibles then you can go and read that and it, the the story behind this it is very you know rooted in the uh samurai culture so it's um it, i do like to go through and read all of the stuff and maybe that too it did put some more time on the gameplay but um when there are certain parts in it and you know there there are parts where they they have decent i'm telling you they really do have decent save points but there are certain areas where you're having to go, I mean, above and beyond 
to get through this stretch. And it's like after the first three guys, three, four guys, because they're, you know, harder enemies, your health is already down. You're like, you still got to keep going. It's like, dude, where is this? It's kind of like, you know, we're not. I don't understand if they're trying to do it for story purposes, because it doesn't feel like it is story purposes. It just feels like they forgot to put one there. (laughs) And that's where it's kind of frustrating. It's like, well, there are just these like points where it's like, why? Like we've been having, you know, good progression and not progression, but good checkpoints every now and then. And now it feels like I'm just stuck because I'm having to, you know, go through a bunch of guys without a checkpoint. Now, this is on normal difficulty as well, because I'm I'm playing on normal. Uh, So I'm not touching hard. If you're telling me hard is even worse than that, I'm not going that far because this is already irritating enough. So I get to the end and that's where I'm like, dude, okay, maybe this is not not to the end. But I'm like, I think I'm on chapter five and there's just a part in chapter five and i'm like i there is something up like i cannot get past this so i i I turned it off there and i haven't really been back to it but i do like the story that they've told and that's what's get me going so i do think i'm going to return to that especially being so close to the end there's only seven chapters in the game so with me being only about two chapters away i do really want to see the ending of this at least see it through but i think that's just going to be it i i don't think it's anything to really you know, write home about. I do think if you have Xbox Game Pass, I do think that you should check it out because that's where I'm checking it out. You know, um, I don't know if I would have liked spending 20 bucks on it realistically, but I do think it being in a Game Pass and it being on that subscription, I am getting my money's worth for that subscription by playing that game. Now, I would say maybe like $15 for the game realistically because it's, again, there are, there is something there you do get combos, but I didn't feel the need to have to use any of those combos. Again, the checkpoints are spaced out very well, but except for those small instances where they're not, where it does feel like this was just an oversight, not actually meant for gameplay purposes or for story purposes. So it doesn't really feel like, you know, when we're in the regular game where it is spaced out, spaced accordingly, those checkpoints where I need to know everything that is coming at me for this game it feels like i just need the basics which you know i'm doing three con like three step combos or just you know the four one button combos or stuff like that so it does feel more like a hack and slasher at least the way that i'm playing it and i guess that you could and learn the combos to make the game more satisfying and especially when you get to harder difficulties you're going to want to know that stuff. But see, again, I don't feel the need to want to learn any of that. Like, that's the thing. Like, I want to get through this game and then be done with the game. So that's kind of where I'm sitting at with the game. You know, guys, if you've got Xbox Game Pass, I totally think check it out. And if not, maybe wait for it to go on sale. I don't know. Uh, if you feel like 20 bucks is worth it, it's seven chapters. Um, I do think realistically... I, I probably played about an hour each chapter. I keep saying realistically, but it, I probably played about an hour each chapter. So um, I would say you're going to get about seven hours of gameplay. So realist again, <laughs> it is worth the 20 bucks, you know, for seven hours of gameplay. If we're being honest, you know, if we're being honest with ourselves. So I just, you know, that's kind of my thoughts on it. So you take that as you may. But um I, that is all I was playing this last these last two weeks. Again, I have kind of had the hiatus. I thought Trek Tiomi was going to get me out of it. I played it for a couple days, and I was right back to being on that uh, juggling and not really knowing what I want to get into, playing a little bit here and there. And um, I'm finally, again, trying to stay online, trying to get through the end of Dying Light 2, so then we can get to that platinum, hopefully by the end of this year. But 
let's get into some of the holocrons now don't mistake that for the hologram section that we have where you can send in your holograms and be featured on this show it's a basically an audio message format that i have but you can this is a holocron section this is going to be the new news section that i've created so um the first story up that i've got is from game informer and it is starfield and redfield have delayed to the first half of 2023 and honestly i think at least me i kind of saw redfall coming i didn't i didn't think redfall was coming out uh i we didn't really see anything and it, for it to hit the summer i was like i mean we're in summer you know where we haven't seen nothing well i guess we're not in summer yet i guess summer starts in the on the 21st or june 21st i don't even know when summer starts guys you know what realistically summer for me starts when it gets hot so it's been summer since march <laughs> No, I'm joking. But real, uh, I, I do think that uh, summer is like May. That's when I count it. I usually say like when I'm getting ready to be out of school, like that's when summer starts because that's summer break. You know, that's always just been in my head. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. I don't actually know. I think it's the 20. It's I know it's the 21st or something. Either 21st of May or 21st of June. It's one of the two. I don't remember. Either way. But um, Redfall coming out in the summer, I didn't really think that was happening. So I, you know, that was one thing. But to see Starfield not hit, whoo. I wasn't expecting that. And realistically, again, should I have? I probably should have because they showed about the same amount that Redfall has. But let's get into this story. This is from Wesley LeBlanc over at Game Informer. This is uh, on May 12th. So Bethesda has delayed Starfield and Redfield to the first half of 2023. This news comes by way of an update posted today by the official Bethesda Twitter account, which explains that both teams behind Starfield and Redfield, Redfall, which are... Bethesda Game Studios and Arcane Austin, respectively, need more time to ensure the games are the best they can be. Quote, We've made the decision to delay the launches of Redfall and Starfield to the first half of 2023. The teams at Arcane Austin, Redfall, and Bethesda Game Studios, Starfield, have incredible ambitions for their games, and we want to ensure that you receive the best, most polished version of them. We want to thank everyone for their excitement for Redfall and Starfield. That energy is a huge part of what inspires all of us every day and drives our sorry drives our own excitement for what we are creating we can't wait to share our first deep dive into the gameplay for both redfall and starfield soon thank you for the support end quote all right so we continue here into the article redfall was announced just last year with a planned release for sometime in the summer of this year while starfield which was revealed nearly 4 years ago was expected to release on november 11th 2022 now, players will have to wait roughly a year to play both. Both will launch on Xbox Game Pass now that Bethesda is owned by Microsoft. It's unclear we'll get our first deep dive looks at both of the games, but considering Bethesda said soon in its update today, there's a good chance they'll show up uh, at the Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase happening June 12th. All right, so that's all we got right there for today um, on this news because it just broke. It just broke um, er earlier today on Thursday. So um, that's kind of where we're at with everything. So, you know, again, I really wasn't expecting to see Redfall. I, 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 we're, I'm in a fantasy games league for uh, the play, uh, PS Trophy Room, and I, I believe I did counterpick 
Redfall from somebody. I don't remember who has it, but um, that's and it's because I was like, you know, I really don't think this is going to hit summer. Maybe I didn't think that because it's sooner than Starfield. And again, they did say in here, Starfield was announced four years ago. So, you know, obviously that's, again, don't know how long Arcane has been working on Redfall, but it, it feels like Starfield has been a little bit, you know, it been more in development at least. But um, at least the way that it's kind of, um, you know, been announced. But maybe they just announced it early. I mean, look at them. They announced uh, Skyrim 6. Not Skyrim. Um, Elder Scrolls 6. And it's like, I mean, who? when was that? That was years ago. We haven't heard nothing from that, you know? So, like, that was that was back when, I think that was, like, two or three years before the end of last uh, of the 8th gen consoles. And they were like, oh, it's next gen. Oh, Okay, no, it wasn't. I think it was maybe like two years before, or two years by the end. But still, we're two years in. That was at least four years ago as well. Three to four years ago, that was announced. So it seems like that's kind of Bethesda's, you know, uh, motto is kind of announcing stuff way, way early, just to kind of t- show people what they're doing and what they what they've got going on. Which again is fine. They're probably doing that for uh, market shares and stuff like that. It's it's all business. So that's more than likely the reason that they continue to do that. But um, to see both of them get delayed and both of them come out on the same day uh again they more than likely they are they're seeing that this is not they're not going to hit it so might as well rip the band-aid off of both right now again yeah it's a hard blow but might as well just do it right now you know get it out there tell everybody what's up and they have started to talk about it and to say like you know this is this is what we're doing because it's just not to the level that we want it to be at and that's okay. That should be okay for everybody. You know, we're trying to make sure that these games come out and they're not buggy and that they are polished experience. You know, obviously they're not going to be completely, you know, not with bugs, but we don't want them to be crashing our consoles. We don't want them to be game breaking stuff like that. So we want to make sure that they have some level of polish onto it. You know, we want it to be some level of a finished product. So if they need to delay it, let's let them take their time and do that. And I know we are getting closer to that because we're seeing it more and more often so you know these blows are not really blows they're just kind of the reality of what's going on around us you know the reality of the world that we're that we're in right now so this is not anything new um but again starfield needing more time okay Uh, it is gonna miss the you know the 10th anniversary i believe or what it it was some the date that yeah it was some uh, no 11 11 11 was when skyrim came out so it's not really an anniversary it's just 11 years later but it just kind of worked out you know 11 11 22 but you know it, it is what it is and halo was in somewhat of a same predicament but not really you know they they got the better end of the bargain because their delay landed on their actual anniversary so that was that was nice and that worked out pretty good but um this you know this is just a cool date that's really what it is, you know? So if they push it back to the beginning of 2023 or the middle of 2023, it'll be fine. You know, it's not really, it's not like they're missing anything. People are going to pull up for this game. And then Redfall, you know, I'm assuming people are going to pull up for that one too. That's another game by Bethesda underneath them, kind of in the vein of like what we saw from uh, Deathloop, I would assume, you know? It's just, or that kind of style, you know, that kind of funky style. So I, I, I'm excited for both of them kind of a little bit more excited for starfield i this was on the anticipated list as well so that's going to be fun to kind of shift that around but um to see what because i think that's that was november so i don't know if there's really 
anything else. I don't think there was anything else that I was uh, going for for November. So November's looking a little dry right now. But, you know, we do have the summer announcements coming up. So that's good. But let's move over to our next Holocron, guys. And it is, again, as I said, we have some Game Fest coming up. The Summer Game Fest is coming up this summer. And I saw this. It's coming to IMAX. So this is from The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, let me see here. Oh, this is by Trilby Beresford. All right, so he writes, Summer Game Fest and the Game Awards are coming to IMAX. Through a partnership unveiled Thursday, two of the video game industry's biggest events will air live in theaters in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. Quote, video games are the most powerful, immersive, and spectacular form of, the wor um, of entertainment in the world, so it's only natural to bring them to fans in IMAX the world's most immersive cinema format, said Jeff, um, Jeff Keighley, curator and product of Summer Game Fest and or producer of Summer Game Fest and the Game Awards. Summer Game Fest, a showcase of digital events from the developers and publishers around the world that launched in 2020 amid the cancellation of E3 due to the pandemic, will take place on June 9th in Los Angeles. It will be followed by The Day of the Devs, co-produced by Double Fine Productions and I Am 8-Bit, um, which will showcase innovative indie games. The Game Awards ceremony, celebrating the top studio and independent titles of the year and reviewing upcoming games, will air live from the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles in December. IMAX will prod, uh, broadcast the events across the company's live network, which is in 50 markets in the U.S. currently. Quote, We are thrilled to be a part of these rapidly growing events. End quote, added May, uh, Megan Colligan, president IMAX, uh, president, IMAX Entertainment and Executive VP IMAX Corp., Quote, the two video game events are a part of IMAX's continued efforts to diversify its con content portfolio with more live and interactive events, and we are looking forward to being a part of them for years to come, end quote. All right, guys, so that is where we end here. And again, we see Jeff Keighley making more moves and making these, like, crazy moves. Now, I do remember uh, Mr. K-Step over at PS Trove Room again saying that he did go to a theater to watch one of these showcases, but... We're talking IMAX now, man. Like, he's making deals with IMAX. Like, first of all, when he told me, when uh, Kyle said that, I literally, I was blown away. I was like, I didn't realize that. I never knew that that was ever a thing. Like, that would have been so cool to be able to do that. Now, we've got this. We've got the Summer Games Fest at IMAX. Oh, you best believe I'm going to be trying to get some tickets for that, guys. Oh, yeah. Because that is a crazy way to experience that thing. Well, you know, it depends. It really depends. Because we still, you know, we still are. I'm in Texas, guys, so I'm thinking of everybody. Anyway, um, so I I would like to. I, I have to I, I have to really mull over that and think. But I would really like to go see this. But again, it does seem like, you know, Jeff Keighley is he's he's coming. He's trying to he's trying to bully out E3. And you know, we have this discussion. This is the second year that we E3 is nothing. We got nothing. And they say, you know, we're going on hold. We're going to go on hold until, you know, 2023. We're going to come back completely revitalized, and we're going to completely revamp what E3 is, yada, yada, yada. Guys, I get I, I get that you're trying to keep skin in the game. I get it. But we've had two years of just straight up no E3. Again, 2020, we get it. It is what it is. But Jeff Keighley was still able to do some Games Fest. You know what I'm saying? It was all it was all digital, but he's able to do it, and that's why we see E3 go digital uh, last year. 
And they tried to do it because they saw, oh, well, look at that. Everybody else just started doing all this crap and we're losing a lot of business. So we probably should have done something. Yeah, should have probably pivoted or done a little bit of something. Because look what happened. We see we see these announcements come out and Jeff Keighley's on the ball. He's rolling. He's like, all right, I'm swooping in. I'm coming. So now we see E3 again, 2022. They're canceling everything. They're not doing nothing. And and I understand the live showcase. I get that. But to not do a digital too, it's like, yee, boy. All right. Now, again, we talked about that. So it's just like, you know, we see Jeff making these moves and making this this move to put Summer Games Fest and the Game Awards into IMAX. Like, that's that's a huge move. And he's trying to make these big moves to make Summer Games Fest a household name, a staple, as E3 is. And this is only year two, or I'm sorry, yeah, this is only, well, no, technically year three, because he's 2022, 2021, and 2022, or, and 2020. So, uh, this is the third year that he's doing this now, guys. So, you know, for him to have this much traction, and again, first year, he didn't have any competition to worry about. This year, he doesn't have any competition to worry about again. That's why he's making these bigger moves, and that's why he's trying to get this out there and get it to more people. This is going to be coming to a theater near you is what he's saying to you. You know, if it's not again, it's it's at, it's on a phone near you. It's on a, a tablet near you and a, a computer near you as well. It's on YouTube. It's going to be there as well. But if you want to get an experience that you would realistically only get if you were there, this is the next best thing. It's not it's not everything. It's not, you know, it's not being there, but. This is the next best thing to actually be in there and a fraction of the cost, if we're being honest. So this is awesome. I'm really excited about this. Like this, hearing this, I was like, dude, this is this is what I'm here to see, man. Like this is, I, I want to see Jeff start to do more things and start to get this out there more and get the, the name of Summer Games Fest into people's minds of like, look, this is, we, we are taking over the summer. And maybe... Maybe, you know, the revitalization of E3 is them moving to another another season. Maybe th- maybe we see that. Maybe we see them move to, you know, the fall uh, the fall season or something like that, you know? Be- and maybe just let e- uh, Jeff have his Summer Games Fest and have him let that take off. And-, and we'll have to wait and see because, again, I'm not 100% sure if we're going to see E3 again. If I have to be honest with you, I really don't. I- I'm... You know, it's, I wasn't, again, the live, the, not having the live showing, I get that, yeah, but not having the digital, when you did digital last year, again, it wasn't good, it wasn't the best, but that's why you keep working on it, like, you should have had, you had a good, uh, by the time of them saying that they're canceling it, a good, what, seven months to figure out what your, you know, what the next step is, and then, obviously, you couldn't, so, I'm just, that's what's scary. It's like you couldn't figure out how to do the digital, but Jeff Keeley's got this locked down. He's slowly but surely innovating and listening to the gaming community and making the show better and better as the years go on. So that's kind of where I'm sitting at. I want him to kind of, you know, I want to see what Jeff can do before I see what E3 is going to do next year. You know, like this year, we'll see how much more condensed everything is and how much more focused everything is. And that's kind of where I'm at and why I'm excited. And I really do hope that, you know, we'll have to see about this IMAX thing. If it's kind of, if it's super popping and busy, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing, but you know, we'll see. 
All right, guys, so the last Holocron that we're going to discuss before getting into my most anticipated games for the rest of this year and beyond, it is Square Enix and why they sold their Western Studios. So, you know, there have been speculations going around since this happened. Obviously, this happened a couple of this, uh, well, yeah, a couple weeks ago. Well, no, last week on May the 4th. Um, May the 4th be with you. Um, so uh, that is... You know, there have been lots of speculation as to what is going on and why and what they could be doing. Now, it's it's a little disheartening to see, you know, them sell off these studios when we have heard how they've kind of thrown them under the bus. And that's kind of where I, I stand at that. You know, we, we've we've seen them time and time again you know, throw these studios under the bus. They did this with um, Crystal Dynamics um, with uh, the Avengers game. And they did this with Idols Montreal recently with the Aven or Avengers game, with the Guardians of the Galaxy game. And they said that it didn't meet their expectations. Now, you know, I understand why Avengers didn't meet your expectations, but that is not Crystal Dynamics' fault. That is Square Enix's fault for not knowing how to manage that team of the everybody of what they were doing. They didn't give them the tools they needed to develop a live service game that was going to be consistently coming out with content and obviously the pandemic happened as well and it's just like why are you throwing your studios under the bus when you again are you are the leader you are the person who is supposed to be managing these studios and telling them hey you know why here is what you need why is stuff not on track stuff like that and to see them throw idos under the bus and it's like yo what do you mean Guardians didn't do what you thought it was going to do? Like, I what what did you expect it to do? You wanted it to do like Buku dollars? Like, I don't understand. Like, it was a it was a good game. It was fantastic. I platinum that game. I loved that game. Like, it was great. But in Square Enix's eyes it wasn't. And that's when you start to see, okay. So, obviously, they seem to have some kind of issue with, you know, with these studios. And then we start to ask ourselves, okay, well, it is their Western studios that they're, you know, that they are basically throwing under the bus time and time again. So what if it's that? What if it's the fact that they just, they want to, you know, cut the fat off and they want to slim themselves down and just focus on what they have been doing? And that's kind of another, you know, avenue that we can digest and go down. And the reality of it is we're going to see the reasons that they do it in the coming months you know we're going to by the the choices that they make and the decisions that they make in the coming months that's going to really tell us what is going on behind the scenes at square enix and what they're doing and why they actually did decide to sell off these studios and all of these people because again they it, it, you know with the ip that they also sell it's or sold it seems like this is a situation that you know they could have avoided they could have kept all of that and they could have you know sold with it i feel like all of that stuff would have bolstered their sale of you know a company if that is their route that they're going down so that's why it doesn't feel like they're trying to sell and that's another avenue again that we can digest and we can go down we don't know what's going to happen though that's the whole thing and that's that the, these are all the speculations that have been going around since this news broke and we won't know we won't know until we see what happens what the hand lays down and what they start to do uh, so this is from GameSpot by Steve Watts, and he writes, The gaming industry can't seem to go a month without big acquisition news, but the most recent of these was surprising for a different reason. Square Enix suddenly sold all of its Western studios, Crystal Dynamics, and Eidos to the Embracer Group. 
That includes high-profile franchises like Tomb Raider and Deus Ex. The move largely exits Square Enix from Western-made games, trimming its sales with an apparent focus on its own internal Japanese development. Analysts tell GameSpot that the move is somewhat of a head-scratcher um, financially, but ultimately suits its long-term goals of slimming down the organization and pursuing new revenue streams. Lewis Ward, gaming research director at IDC, says the Square's, uh, that Square's revenue, growth, and profits were decent over the last nine months, which may have prompted the company to sell most of the crown jewels. But then, he says, the sale price was surprisingly low, if that's the case. Quote, the problem I have, uh, I have with this scenario is that $300 million for a company that generated well over $2.4 billion last year doesn't feel like a great haul at all, Ward said. If Embracer was throwing tons of money their way, it would make sense to sell in this heightened M&A atmosphere. But $300 million strikes me as a price tag for a highly distressed company given their recent revenue results. It's closer to Activision's proposed buyout by Microsoft from, the, from, that, um, from this perspective. So there must be more to the story that I just know about or that I just know about that helps explain it. It's a bit of a head scratcher. Uh, end quote. Pierre's Harding Rolls, who runs games research at Ampere and uh, Analysis, sees this as a way to slim down the company as it pursues some of its long-term goals and its other investments that uh, may have made it that much more eager to sell these assets. Square Enix has been seeking to offload this part of its business to restructure and focus its investments, um, Harding Rolls said. Quote, It has struggled to get consistent commercial success out of those studios, and it wants to build a leaner organization with a more compelling growth and profit story for its shareholders. Uh, setting aside the long-term growth engines it has identified, AI, cloud, and back, uh, blockchain, this makes Square Enix more financially robust as a games business today. Considering the pipeline investments it was um, faced with making AAA games from these studios over the next five years, it was probably keen to sell considering its pro um, priorities. This will inevitably, inevitably mean some reorganization in the Western offices, which has responsibilities across all SE titles in Europe and North America, end quote. Square Enix has said that the sale will be used to invest in the blockchain, among other things. Meanwhile, Ward suggested this was a larger move towards Square Enix recentering itself on its home turf. Quote, it sounds like Square is pulling back from inter international development efforts and refocusing on the output of its Japanese studios, he said. I think we have to assume they lost tens of millions of dollars on Marvel's Avengers in particular. This sale for Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal may be uh, read as a white flag on their recent forays into licensed Marvel content since both those studios' games apparently fell short of their sales targets last year, end quote. One reason the sale may not be a huge surprise is that for much of the last decade, Square Enix had developed a reputation for public statements indicating that its Western releases had underperformed. You see what I was saying? It made um, such comments regarding Tomb Raider, Marvel's Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, and its mobile games division. I didn't know that one. Among others. While Square Enix never detailed its exact proje uh, projections to gauge how much these various efforts uh, fell short, it was understood that the company was not pleased with its Western investments. And, okay, so we're going to stop there for right now. Um, but again, as we can see, they have already, they've always had an issue. I didn't know about, like I said, the mobile games division that they were throwing shade at them too. But even Tomb Raider, how did Tomb Raider get that? And that's why I'm just like, dude, what? Like, Tomb Raider was great. Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider was great. It was. And it's just like, I don't, 
I don't know what they're expecting these games to do and why. Like, again, Final like, are they trying to think that it should do Final Fantasy money? Because, like, those are two different prospects. Those are two different things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I guess not necessarily because they both were on the, you know, the PS1. But still, it's just like, I just feel like they should, you know, I don't know. They're two different games. They are two different. They have two completely different audiences. And they are not going to perform the exact same way. So that's why it just feels like, why, why are we, you know, under the impression that these games are not doing well? Again, I'll, I'll give you Marvel's Avengers. Throw my hands up in the air. I'll give you Marvel's Avengers because, okay, alrighty. But, um, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy was great. And Tomb Raider 1 was great. Tomb Raider 2 was great. I have not played 3. I will give you that. And, I, and, and you know what? I will say I have heard that 3 is the you know, the worst one out of the three, unfortunately, but I, again, I, it's not, that's not the reason I haven't played it, just haven't gotten around to it, but, you know, to see that where they're still throwing shade, and I guess they're, they could be throwing shade at that last one, at the Tomb Raider, the, um, what is it, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, they could be throwing shade at that one, which, again, they did have two other games, though, that came out before then, and, you know, it is what it is, it's just, it is, it is a little frustrating, and then to see that they're doing this to invest in blockchain. It's like, oh, God. Guys, we just keep stepping on the rakes again, man. We just keep stepping on rakes. It's just like, why? Blockchain? Really? We're selling off these studios, these great studios, to invest in NFTs. Fantastic. It's just great. It's fantastic. It's not. It's it's really not. It's just like, all right. I mean, you know, whatever floats your boat, Square Enix, whatever floats your boat. But I do think that, you know, if, as they said, they it seems like them selling it for that much seems like they're waving the white flag. If that's the case, why would you not keep the studios, though? Again, making themselves look more appealing, that seem I feel like those studios make you look more appealing. They don't think so, but why would you... I mean, let's 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 think this. Let's walk this through. Because, obviously, there's talk of, well, what if, what if Square... Uh, PlayStation bought Square Enix? Especially now, they've already... They're already doing deals with them. Forspoken's about to be coming out, and that's going to be an exclusive... Um, uh, the Final Fantasy 16 is going to be exclusive. Um, the Final Fantasy 7 remake is exclusive. It seems like the the last couple of games that have come out have been exclusive from Square Enix on the PlayStation platform. So it makes sense. We already know that PlayStation does deals with companies that they do business with already, and that they've already you know quote unquote been in bed with already. So it's like you know that's that's what I'm saying. So it just seems like that is the case with Square Enix, and it seems like they. Uh, they would be, you know, a company that PlayStation would purchase. But don't you think that you would be more appealing to PlayStation if you gave them the rights to one of their flagship staples, Tomb Raider? If you gave that back to them, like, hey, guys, here you go. Here's Tomb Raider. Because as we know, Uncharted, we don't know where that series is anymore. Yeah, we got Uncharted The Lost Legacy, but that was it in... A Thieves End is supposed to be the end of Nathan Drake's story. Now we do have the Uncharted movie coming out, so or already out, but you know the series that sh I, I would assume is going to keep on going. We see that happening, so why would we not have you know another game down the pipeline? You could suggest, right? But again, we we know that Naughty Dog is moving forward, and they're trying to you know they're working on a new IP, and they're working and they're trying to see you know the, test the boundaries and see what they are what else they can bring to us and. With that, don't you think that having Tomb Raider back in your pocket 
would have been or back in PlayStation's pocket, don't you think that would make your company look more appealing? So that's why I don't really think that this is a them trying to sell kind of thing. It just feels like especially, you know, they got to know that the first person who would want to buy them would be PlayStation again because of the partnership. So if you want to do that, why wouldn't you keep them? at least to kind of play your odds and see like, all right, or even get into the talk. And maybe they were in the talk. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe they were in the talk and PlayStation couldn't. And then they're like, all right, well, now we're going to sell because we're going to be able to sell our company easier without this load, you know, without PlayStation. Because I'm sure, obviously, that would then bolster the price of Square Enix to um, PlayStation and what they would have offered. But again, this doesn't seem to me like a they're trying to sell situation, but we are going to have to wait and see because we don't know. Square Enix is we're going to have to see what they're going to do over these next couple of months because I guarantee you this saga's not over. It's not going to be, okay, well, now, since we've sold our Western studios, we are going to go heads down and we're going to go to work and that's going to be the end of, you know, this situation. No, I think we're going to see more from this. Either they're going to put start putting blockchains and they're going to start putting NFTs into, um, into their games or they're going to um, sell and then they're, go they're going to try to make a sale and ha have somebody buy them out. And that's the thing. That's the reality of the situation. So we'll have to wait and see what they are trying to do. But let's, let's also discuss um, the Embracer group a little bit, right? So they have started to get a lot more IP and a lot more studios over the years. And uh, back to the article, they do touch on a little bit of you know, who the Embracer group is and what they do and, and, you know, kind of how much they are of the gaming industry. They're actually, you know, starting to collect. So let's get into that. Back to the article. Meanwhile, this only makes the portfolio portfolio larger for the Embracer group. The company that is quickly buying its way into being a mega publisher with tons of high profile properties. Quote, I thought Tencent had been on an M&A tear, uh, until I reviewed the Embracer Group's appetite for game studios in the recent years, Ward said. I just suspect they're super bullish on gaming's growth in the next several years, and so they're being aggressive in buying up studios that they believe have a solid pedigree and, presumably, have some interesting projects in the works. End quote. Harding Rolls said the Embracer has uh, put itself into a good position to make more than its investment back though it may take some time for that return on investment to arrive depending on the state of current projects. Quote, Embracer faces substantial investments uh, in these studios over a number of years before seeing any significant ROI, but it has also added a strong collection of IP and franchises with potential future value that could easily eclipse the $300 million invested in successfully, if successfully. Um, end quote, Harding Rolls said. Quote, there is upside, but investment risk associated with that. There is an upside, but investment risk associated with that. The lack of service game expertise, Marvel's Avengers aside, will have counted against the negotiated price, end quote. So that's just where we're at here with it. You know, Embracer has been collecting and grabbing up these multiple different studios, and they are continuing to, obviously, as we see. And, you know, it's not like a Tencent or Amazon or, you know... Um, Google situation, you know, where I, I do think that Embracer is going to do something with this IP, but, you know, it's, it, we're going to have to wait and see. They, they do have a lot of, you know, employees now and a lot of studios and IP under their belt. So we're just going to have to wait to 
see what they are going to do with all of that. And like the article said, they could easily make back the return in it. It's just a matter of what Embracer Group wants to do with that, you know? So if they do their due diligence and they utilize the IP, then yeah, they can easily make back the money. But if they just kind of sit on it, like they have with some of their other stuff, then we're just going to have to wait and see. You know, that might be a dud purchase for you if you don't do anything with it. So here we are, man. Here we are. It's 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 a weird situation to be in, and it's weird not being, but like to see. You know, like it's just day after day, acquisition after acquisition. But there also is there also are new studios that pop up day after day as well. So it's a cool, you know, kind of turnaround to be in that we're we're seeing studios these big name studios get bought up like this and going under one platform, one branch. And then we're seeing new studios blossom and in doing like more focused work and work that they're passionate about. And that's that's really awesome to see. And it seems like we're getting into a more of a like a new era in gaming history, kind of, you know, like maybe we start to see more studios, these studios that are, you know, the full of passionate developers and ran by passionate developers. And they're like, you know, these single person studios, not single person, but, you know, um, ran by single person kind of thing instead of a corporation. Maybe we start to see them take over the AAA space. And it's not just these corporate, you know, entities that are that control the AAA space. We're seeing these developers, these passionate developers become or, you know, are able to create games of that magnitude and you know uh uh, and that take over the gaming industry that's that's kind of what it seems like it's going to the amount of studios that we see it pop up or or you know haven studio was just bought by playstation so we could continue to see that we could see these studios just keep getting bought up and it just never stops but that's again a story for a different time i don't think it's anything to worry about as of right now i do think this is just an exciting time to to witness to witness and see where the gaming industry is going from here based on all of these acquisitions and again all of these new studios popping up it's just a it's a great time to be a gamer just to watch all of this happen and watch all of this go by but i do want to get into my jedi trainings for the rest of this year again my anticipated games for the rest of this year that is what this is um so you know we already are in we're already past april so we're not going to touch anything past the rest of this year or the rest of the year so as i already touched on at the beginning of the show i've already played trek to yomi so gave you my thoughts on that we're not going to touch on that again but that was on the list um and then the evil dead so I do, you know, I haven't ever seen The Evil Dead. I do, it's something that, like, it looks interesting, so I do want to see it, like the movie. But I have never, you know, seen the actual movie. But the game, I know it's supposed to be a funny horror movie, which is, you know, it's up my alley. So, of course, I do want to watch it. But the game looks awesome. Like, it just looks really fun to play. The only issue for me is that I am not a huge fan of like that asymmetrical game where you're you know 1v4 whatever it is and that seems like that's what this game is but again it did say that it it offers you know um all kinds of play styles so i do need to see some gameplay for it before i really think about you know purchasing that one and and jumping into that but it does seem like a game that if they can do the single player uh, portion correctly then it seems like something that would be cool because again they you know dying light uh, not dying light i'm sorry um back for blood did that same thing they said yeah you can play single player and it's going to be fine yeah but if you play single player you don't you can't level up and you can't do anything so realistically there's no point in playing single player so i don't know if they fixed that if they've gone back and fixed it i hope they have but that was just a big turnoff for me I'm like guys like this is 
you said that everything was going to be good to play single player and it's not so you know it is what it is so i do hope that evil dead doesn't fall into that again i'll have to see some gameplay for it to really see if i want to get into this or not but that's why i have it on this list because I'm, I'm curious i'm very curious for the evil dead all right so that's really all that was that we had for may you know again trek Tiomi came out evil dead that's why i'm thinking that this month again is back season time it's time for me to go back to dying light 2 finish that out knock that out good and then keep on trucking but in june in june we've got two games coming out the same day and one of them is a no-brainer no-brainer so on june 10th do you know what i'm gonna say i bet you don't if you know what both the games are, do you know what I'm going to say? Mario Strikers, baby. <laughs> I cannot wait for Mario Strikers. Like, I'm telling you, I've never played a Mario Strikers game. I didn't even know that Mario Strikers existed until I saw the trailer for this. And then I started hearing people say, yeah, like this game was on the GameCube and it was on the Wii. And I was like, what? What? I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I had the GameCube and the Wii. I didn't know that. I wish that I did. Now, granted, I wasn't into soccer at either of those times when I had those consoles, so maybe that's why it wasn't really anything. But, like, the fact that I love soccer now and we're getting a soccer game of this ilk of, like, with the Mario characters in this game, and it basically, man, it feels and it looks like soccer, uh, what is it? Um, Super Smash Brothers soccer. Like, that's what it feels like. You've got power-ups, or not even uh, Super Smash Bros., but, like, um, Mario Kart 8 where you have the power-ups and everything. You've got all the power-ups, and you're still playing soccer, though. So it's like Mario Kart. You know, it's kart racing, but you got power-ups. But it's soccer, but you got power-ups. And it's just, it's it's so cool, and I really cannot wait. I can't wait to sink my teeth into this one. It is, again, a Nintendo, uh, Nintendo product, so it is going to run beautifully on the Switch because it is from directly from the source, and I'm assuming handheld is going to be the best way to play it, which is probably how I'm going to be playing that game. But, yeah, June 10th, Mario Strikers comes out. But the other game that is coming out June 10th, which is crazy that they're both coming out the same day, is The Quarry. Quarry comes out June 10th. And, you know, it's the next game from the developer from um, Until Dawn. And, you know, I played Until Dawn, and I really did like Until Dawn. I like that they put, um, I was going to say Hayden Christensen. No, it's not her. I mean, not him. But um, can I remember the... Um, the actor's name but she was in heroes and that's where i knew um knew her from first and to see her in that game i was like oh man this is really cool that they are like putting actual actors in this game and them you know looking just like themselves like they look like perfect and it's the same thing with um what is it it was call of duty advanced war warfare where they had um Kevin Spacey, he was the bad guy, and he was just, like, completely just in the game, and even your character, it was, um, mm, very famous, um, voice actor for the main character, ah, I'm blanking on his name, it doesn't matter, either way, Kevin Spacey, it does matter, his name, he, he matters, but you get what I'm saying, like, I, I can't remember, either way, uh, Kevin Spacey was in that game, and I'm literally, it's just like, dude, he looks just like, it looks like he's just here. It's, it was one of the most awesome things that I was at, like, that I experienced when um, the eighth generation started. And I think that's kind of where we really did start to see, like, uh, these different games start to put actors just like themselves in the game. Yeah, they're playing a different person, but they're literally just there in the game. And 
it was that game and then until dawn that really was like uh showed me was like okay yeah this is really cool i like seeing like actors in these games that's really awesome so we start to keep going with that and um uh so the quarry is interesting you know we've got i think it's ashley tisdale it's either ashley tisdale or brenda long i don't remember it's one of the two that's in the that that's in the game uh but i I don't know about this one. That's the thing. I really don't know. I'm not a huge uh, story-driven person like that. I did, I did enjoy my time for the most part with Until Dawn, but I did not finish Until Dawn. I think I played through half of the game, and then I watched the rest of it, and it was just, like, on YouTube. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't that it was a bad game. I just was like, I'm not really, you know, I don't, I can just watch this. I don't really want to just be playing it like this so it was just it, it is what it is and i think i you know maybe something else came out just knocked me off of it and i just finally was like you know what i could just watch it and i just watched somebody play the rest of it it's a great game it's a very great game but that's why i'm just kind of i don't know about the quarry i'm not i don't know i'm not 100 sure like i'm all in for mario strikers don't get me wrong but i don't know about the quarry so we'll have to wait and see all right so now to Jan, uh, to july and we've got the xenoblade chronicles 3 coming out june 10th or i'm sorry july 10th and you know Again, this is another one where I'm just kind of up in the air. I'm like, I kind of want to get it, and I don't know. I'm, you know, I haven't ever played a Xenoblade game before, but I hear good things about it, and I really wanted to try Xenoblade 2, but, you know, if 3 is coming out, I might as well just jump into 3, jump into the latest one. I heard that I don't really need to play through Xenoblade Chronicles 2 to really, you know, understand 3. Just jump. If I jump into 3, I'll be fine. So I might just jump into 3. I don't know. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, and that's why I'm kind of, like, up in the air. I've got to do some more research and see, like, you know, if it is going to be an issue if I just don't play the other, you know, 1 and 2. Yeah, I'm sure there are going to be subtle things that I miss, but is it going to be like really detrimental to the gameplay experience if I haven't played those two games? So I'll have to wait and see again. We'll update on that and see if I actually do end up playing that one. But then we start to get into the good stuff, baby. Yeah. So in August, Saints Row, baby. Yes. August 24th. Or, no, August 23rd, Saints Row comes out and I cannot wait for this game i believe i have this on my fantasy league but it, even past that i'm a huge saints row fan huge 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 saints row fan i loved saints row back in the day i loved the first one was really fun i liked how like kind of cartoony it felt you know it was different because i'd already played a little bit of grand theft auto at the time but saints row and realistically yeah saints row was the first um kind of open world game of that sense that i really got into uh, growing up because I wasn't allowed to really play um, Grand Theft Auto but because Saints Row kind of looked a little bit more cartoony I guess I got away with it more than likely but either way I loved Saints Row 1 and then Saints Row 2 came out and they kind of brought it back and made it a little bit more gritty and a little bit more real especially with the art style they really like pulled back from that cartoony aspect and then they I guess they kind of went back to it in like 4, 4 feels real cartoony again but I really, really loved, I loved the first game again for the car, the, that art style, but the story that they told of you really building the Saints, building the Saints gang up and like, uh, you know, creating the, your hideout and going in and taking your hideout from another, from the other gangs that are just hanging out there and you just take it from them and then you start to build on that and you can really make it your own space. And then the same thing in the second game, you get houses and your own house that you can really just go all in and customize and do it to your heart's content and just go and hang out in your house from time to time. And I'm like, 
I literally spent so much time in Saints Row 2. So much time in Saints Row 2. And it's the story that kept me of being able to, again, build this gang up from the ground up. And it's all riding on you. That's the whole thing. You have to be on the ground level. Yeah, you're the leader, but you are also on the ground level doing all of the, all of this stuff. And we see Saints Row, the, the, the remake and the revamp of Saints Row going back to its roots. And it really feels like it's going back to that Saints Row 2 day, the day of, uh, of where it's kind of gritty. And you, again, you're still building up your gang. But see, again, it's a mixture of both of them. It's a mixture of one and two. So we're not really getting into the crazy parts of three and especially not four. It's grounded in their reality, yes. And it is going to be more crazy and, uh, you know, out there and high flying. But it still is going to have that sense of, you know, they are, you are on the ground level. You are building up this gang from the ground up. And you're going to take all of this. And yeah, it's going to be a little crazy. Like I said, there's going to be big explosions, crazy guns and stuff like that. So it is going to be, you're going to have to suspend and believe a little bit. But it is much more you know centered in reality than the uh three and four were especially and that's why it reminds me a lot of one and two that's exactly why so one being the case that you had to start from nothing and build your gang up and then two being the more grounded sense of that that's it's a combination of both of them what they're going to with saints row at least that's what it looks like so we're gonna have to wait and see again how they uh deliver this and how it sticks the landing I just really, really hope that it does. I hope that they stick the landing with this and that this is just, you know, a bonkers game to get into. But this is probably going to take up, well, I mean, it's at the end of August. So this will more than likely take up most of September until we get to October. We'll talk about that in a little bit because we're getting to September. And I've got Splatoon 3 on the list, man. We've got that coming out September 9th. Now, I got Splatoon 2 that was one of the first games that I got when I got my first Switch. So this is like the this is the second Switch that I've owned, the Switch OLED. But the my first Switch that I had, this was the very first game that I bought on it. And or not one of the first ones. This one and I don't remember what the other one was. Because I know it was another um, Nintendo game that I bought for it. But Splatoon 2 was definitely the very one of the first ones that I got for it because I just saw this and was like, hmm. This looks kind of this looks kind of fun. This looks kind of kind of fun. Like it's just a little, you know, you go you uh, multiplayer with uh, these ink blasters, and then you turn into a squid. Like that just seems kind of fun. And I played it, and I'm like, dude, this is awesome. This is great. And I used to play it with um with the actual Joy Cons, just like holding it, so you actually being able to aim um with the motion controls. That was really tight and really good. Like I'm saying, like the controls were like I, I was able to really move up the rank I, I felt like um as I was playing because I played it almost every day at that time when I first got it and then I kind of just fell off of it a little bit again something else more than likely caught my eye I, I believe my buddy let me borrow uh Mario Odyssey and that really took some time away from me I really just dove real deep head first into Mario Odyssey I love that game I need I that's one game that I'm like you know I need to get that game back I really do I need to go back and get that one but um, I'm looking forward to Splatoon 3. I, I really am. I think that that's where I'm going to get back into it. Because I was really... Th I, I've been waiting to try to get Splatoon 2 back. And it seems like, you know, Splatoon 3 might be just the time. Just wait till Splatoon 3 and then get that one. And then start my journey with Splatoon again right there. But let's now move over to October. So, in October, we have got... Forspoken. We've got two big games, actually, this month. Two big games. And I, I know, since I've said Forspoken, y'all know what the other one is. It's Gotham Knights. We'll get to that one in a second. But Forspoken, October 11th. This is, again, as we discussed during the Square Enix talk, this is 
a Square Enix exclusive to PlayStation. So it begs the question again, yeah, they, they've done work with them. PlayStation has uh, partnered with Square Enix on multiple occasions, multiple projects. So it, it would make sense for, for them to buy. The, like, that's what we said up top. But again, we're going to leave that up there. So talking about the game itself, I am very excited for this one. I am very, very excited. This was shown at the um, the PlayStation Showcase and uh, the PlayStation 5 Showcase when they were talking about the, um, the, the new console. And I... This caught my attention right there. First of all, this looked just like the, um, or similar, not just like, but similar to the Unreal Engine 5 gameplay demo that they showed right before, like a couple months before they had shown this game off at that first showcase in 2020. And that was just like, oh man, like what is, what is going on here? What is this? Okay. So to hear more and more about this and about the story that this is just a regular, you know, girl who gets teleported from what well, i think that she's in new york into this fantasy realm and it's like yo this is cool like this is so freaking awesome like she again is i think because i said this i believe before but she is basically just us the gamer and how we go into different these different worlds and these different fantasy realms right like in these different games and we don't know what's happening and we have to learn the lay of the land. She is having to do that. She is not from this land. She is getting, she is just taken out of her world, put into this one. She's having to get the lay of the land and figure out what is going on and figure out her powers. And she is going to be figuring out her powers as we are figuring out her powers. So she is really going on this journey with us and we will be going on it with her. And that makes this game so much more special, you know, because you're going to be dealing with the same things that that main character is dealing with you always do obviously in games but it's going to be even more so because she is thrusted in this situation just as you have been well technically not as you've been because you're deciding to play this game when you buy it and when you play it she's not deciding to be in this situation <laughs> but anyway guys so um we're gonna get to gotham knights now so gotham knights october 25th they did just have their uh, another gameplay trailer for the red hood character and nightwing character and if i'm being honest man like this props to them man this game looks fire like i'm i cannot wait to play this game like i have heard some comparisons like some whispers that it looks like avengers maybe but like i didn't i didn't see avengers out of this like again it looks like it is open world it, the only way that i could say it be see it being an avengers is if it's not open world if that's the case, you know, but I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be an open world game, and that's why you have motorcycles and everything, and the traversal, um, you know, the different things that you can do for traversal. So we saw in the um, in the gameplay trailer that Red Hood can like do use his soul, I guess, to step on thin on air, and he can just run in the air, and I'm like, that is awesome. That is so freaking cool, and then. Nightwing has a glider from Fortnite, literally, that's what it looks like, and so it looks like every character is going to have their own their own thing that they're going to be able to do, and that they're going to be able to use uh, to get around the city a little bit faster, a little bit easier, and I just, I can't wait for this game, I really can't. Now, I was talking to my wife about this, I'm glad that they pushed Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, I'm glad that they pushed that to 2023, because I don't think that we needed two DC games this year and it did seem i mean we haven't seen really any gameplay for uh suicide squad so gotham knights seems like it is more along farther along than what these other games are you know what the the other game is so 
I am more excited to see, you know, this game this year, and then we have the Suicide Squad game next year. Now, the only thing that I'm going to say is that it does seem a little weird that this game is a continuation of the Batman trilogy, but, or not this game, I'm sorry, that Suicide Squad is a continuation of the Asylum trilogy, the Batman Asylum games, but this game is not connected to that universe, yet in this game, Batman also died in this one, and they're not going to, like, I just don't understand, like, it, it, it seems like this is the culmination of all of it, like, that, it, it this seems more of a sequel to that game, to, um, Asylum, than this game, than Suicide Squad, but again, this is its own universe, cool, whatever, I did look at the models for Red Hood and Nightwing, and at least Red Hood himself, he doesn't really, he does look different than he did in the, uh, Asylum, in, in the Asylum game, so, okay, yeah, different universe, all right, cool, we'll have to see how, how they play the Asylum games, in the Suicide Squad, like how they discuss them and stuff, the events that happen there, I would really, I'm, I'm really curious to see that. So again, um, getting to November, November, the only thing I had on my list was Starfield, Starfield got delayed, so November, really free right now, so I'm looking to fill that slot, hopefully, but if not, then I've got two games right there in October that will help me get through the rest of the, um, the rest of that year, but I, 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 I suspect we'll be seeing some, something else there, I mean, we still have to get a release for, um, god of war ragnarok so hopefully we see it in you know the holiday season hopefully hopefully maybe that'll fill up one of those thoughts we'll have to see we'll have to wait and see but i also see uh or i also have the last thing on my list here is december 8th we've got stalker 2 coming out and i can't i'm telling you stalker 2 i haven't played the first one but seeing the gameplay for stalker 2 i'm excited I'm excited for Stalker 2. I don't know exactly what to expect. I'm expecting, like, some kind of um, horror adventure game, you know, in a sense. Um, in the vein, probably, of, like, a, um, what is it called? Um, Exodus? Not Exodus. Um, doo -doo -doo. Metro. Yes, Metro Exodus. That's what I, yeah, Metro Exodus. I'm thinking it's going to be in the vein of, like, a game like that, of the Metro games. But we'll have to wait and see just kind of how that looks, you know. And just, it, we don't really know um how well i don't exactly know that's the thing i'm sure everybody else who's played the first one knows how it's going to play but i don't know how it's going to play so that's why i'm kind of i'm kind of trepidatious I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see more gameplay for it but the what i did see i'm excited for it all right guys so that is for the rest of this year all of the dates that we actually have these are the games that i am excited for and excited to see so um i do want to quickly have some honorable mentions and just talk about some games that we do know of, but don't have an actual date yet. As you guys already, as I already said, God of War Ragnarok, we don't have a date for, so that is on here. But um, a Plague Tale Requiem, first game was fantastic, so I cannot wait to see what the second game does for us and what it brings to the table. It looks fantastic from what we saw already, so cannot wait for that one. Uh, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, I will be trying that game out because Greg Miller is doing voiceover for it uh, i will be checking that game out for sure so i don't know what it's going to be about per se i just know that he's doing vo for it and i'm pulling up i'm going to be there for it yeah for sure um so we've got goodbye volcano high only reason i'm curious about this is because this game was announced at the uh the 2020 showcase just like for Sp uh for spoken we haven't seen anything else of it so i'm wondering where this game is that's the only that's real re the real reason i'm wanting to see what's going on with this and again this is one of those story driven games so not so much um realistically 
you know, gameplay-wise. There's not going to be a lot of, you know, intense gameplay, but it is going to be, you know, something to keep your eye out for. Um, we got Hogwarts Legacy. Again, I believe that one did say that it's supposed to be trying to shoot for this year. I don't know if it got delayed out of 2022. I don't remember. But I, I want to say that they're still shooting for 2022. But again, no hard date on that one yet, but I will be pulling up for that. As soon as we hear something for that, that's going on the anticipated list for sure. Hopefully we hear something from the Summer Games Fest for that one. Um, we've got Marvel's Midnight Sun. Uh, again, don't know when this one's coming, but this may be the first tactical RPG that I play, in the, and it is in the vein of XCOM. So we'll have to... I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to play this one, to be honest, just because I don't really like those XCOM games. Uh, I might try the um what is it gears tactics i might try that first i hear that that's a really good um tactical rpg game you know especially if you're just jumping in so i might try that and see how i feel but real i i, I don't i don't know if i'm being honest so we've got um the next one pokemon violet and scarlet that's coming out at the end of this year so we heard that at the beginning of this year from the nintendo so that's going to be something to keep your eye out for um project eve don't know anything more about that one i would really like to see something else from that i don't think we're seeing that this year but you know that would be cool if we hear something more about it this summer um we already touched on redfall but redfall is on here as well that got delayed to 2023 uh scorn scorn looks good i keep you know the only thing that keeps this coming back into my head is um game ranks game ranks on youtube they are always talking about this game from time to time and i'm like oh yeah man that's really yes yes i do want to see when is this game coming out turns out it's coming to game pass it's coming day and date to Game Pass. So I, I don't have a date. We don't have any date yet. But when it does come, it's coming to Game Pass. I can't wait. And also coming to Game Pass, Hellblade 2. Hellblade 2 is also going to be day and date to Game Pass. I can't wait for that one. I've got to finish my playthrough of Hellblade 1 first before touching that game. So I will be going into that, especially if we get a release date this summer. And it, if, it's, if it's coming out this year, I don't think it will be. But if it is coming out this year, yeah, I, will, I, I guess I'll be... I know what I'm doing with some of these months. I'll be... Uh, playing some hellblade all right next one is sonic frontiers an open world sonic game count me in man count me in i can't wait for this i haven't seen anything from it so i am like literally in the dark with this i just know it's an open world sonic game and i'm pulling up i want to i want to see what this is about i really do um stray that's the next one stray oh my gosh guys i cannot wait for stray and we finally got confirmation that it is coming. It is going to be here this year sometime. They haven't given us a date, but it is coming this year. At least that's what they're saying now. So I can't wait for this. My wife is going to play the hell out of this game. That's another reason that I'm super excited for this one, because this is going to get her to play yet another game. And it looks so good. I can't wait for Strike. Cannot wait for it. Uh, the next one I've got on here is the Callisto Protocol from the team that brought us the original Dead Space stories, this game looks like it's going to be yet another horror game in that vein. They're going to do a great job of just keeping us on our toes and keeping us guessing of what's going to happen next. And I can't wait to dive into that, as well as Dead Space that's coming out in 2023 in January. So that's another one that is one of my anticipations. We were thinking it's coming out this year, but we'll have to wait and see. Again, that was uh, news that broke I, uh, earlier today as well as the uh what is it star wars jedi secrets i believe the second jedi fallen order game I, they're going to be calling it secrets and that game should hopefully potentially be coming out in 2022 still we'll have to wait and see again 
I think 2023, it could easily slip in there because we don't have anything. We haven't heard anything yet, but we could be hearing something in the coming weeks. We could be hearing something. At least a, hey, this is where we're at on the, the progress of it. Don't know if we're going to be able to hit 2022, might slip into 2023, something. You know, we got to hear something here in the next couple of weeks because I think it's imminent. I think it's coming. But we do have Breath of the Wild 2 on hiatus. Don't know when that's coming. Haven't heard anything um, really from that. And last but not least, Lord of the Ring Golem. That one, I am excited for as well. Like, I want to see what they're what they're about, what they're doing here with that game and kind of, um, you know, how Golem controls and, and how we're going to be you know operating him and playing this game and, and what the fundamentals are going to be like are we going to be trying to find the ring is that what the the whole gimmick's going to be it it just interests me it interests me so I'm, I'm excited to try this out but guys i think we're going to land here and i think we're going to touch down for the night this it has been the jmr podcast again each and every week you can find me here talking about all things gaming anything under the uh, gaming industry sun if you like what i'm doing here again please rate the show on apple podcast or spotify tell your friends tell all the padawans out there that they can come and get a star wars themed gaming podcast here at the jmr podcast you can follow me on twitter at jedi master ren remember the r in ren is the same r for master and as always may the force be with you